trust the name of Jesus Cause you are the only king forever Almighty God we lift you higher You are the only king forever Forevermore You are victorious You are the only king forever Almighty God we lift you higher You are the only king forever serve a good God. Amen. Nothing's impossible with him. We bless your name, Jesus. Come on, let's put our hands together. We bless you, Lord. Nothing is impossible for our God. your glory go on and on oh. impossible things in your name they shall 
unstoppable God. He knows what's going on in your life, doesn't he? Amen. You know, all week long, the enemy's been just kicking dirt on your faith and trying to get you not to believe or get you discouraged. Worship is the time we come together, begin to shake that stuff off, begin to praise God because he's for you, not against you. Amen. I mean, he's taken keys to death, hell, and the grave, and we have victory. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And I tell you, we come into a new year, that's a great chance for a new beginning. So during this worship, let's don't just worship like we did last year out of a habit or whatever. Let's make things fresh and brand new right now. Worship a little more intently, a little deeper, but let's just really praise God because he's worthy of it. Amen.
Before we do, you know God's calling you deeper this morning. God's calling you to a new place with him, a new place of intimacy, a new place of closeness that you've never experienced this year. So as we sing this song again and we make this declaration that he's calling us deeper, don't let it be words just flowing off your lips this morning, but let it be a prayer. God, I'm coming. I'm not going to walk to you this morning, but I'm going to run. Lord, with wide open arms saying, God, I'm coming, Lord. As you call, I'll come to you. He wants more for you than just a mediocre relationship. He wants an intimate relationship with you this morning. So can you just throw your hands up all over the house as we declare, Lord, you're calling us deeper, Lord. Oh, you're calling me deeper. Deeper still as you call Come on, sing it out. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still into love. Love, love. As you call me. Deeper still as you call me. Deeper still as you call me. 
your presence so near. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was
Freedom, giving us freedom, giving us joy. 
This morning, you want more of the Lord? We serve a good, good God, amen? Well, why don't you turn around to two or three people this morning, greet them in the house of the Lord, tell them how happy you are to see them. The Lord has given us freedom, given us freedom, given us joy. The Lord has given us freedom, given us freedom, given us joy. The Lord has given us freedom. Welcome to Church on the Rock. We're so glad you're here worshiping with us. In the back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you're a first time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you. You can either drop it in the offering or you can take it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. We offer Saturday night meals and snacks between Sunday services. And don't forget, the coffee bar is always open. We are so glad you're here and we hope that you know there's always a place for you at Church on the Run. The journey of life can be difficult. Here at Church on the Rock, we want to help your journey by connecting you to God, friends, ministry, and the world. We offer four classes on Wednesday nights to help you stay on course in your walk with God. Our Connect class is for anyone new to the church or anyone wanting to get more involved. It is a four-week class to help you learn about the church, help you get connected to God, and learn about your spiritual gifts. The Spirit-Filled Life four-week class will teach you how real friendship with the Holy Spirit can change your life. The four-week freedom class is designed to help you resolve conflict, break bondages, and renew your mind. The leadership class will teach you principles of leadership that you can apply in ministry, business, or in your home. Between our Connect, Spirit-Filled Life, Freedom, and Leadership classes, there is a Wednesday night class for everyone. Well, amen. Welcome to Church on the Rock. Welcome to 2016. I believe it's going to be the greatest year of the church and the greatest year for our church, personally. What about your greatest year this year? Amen? Believing for that? Hey, we have a month that we set aside. We've done this for several years, and it's just, we've just pressed into God for the month of January. We draw closer to God. You've got a flyer in your bulletin. But we want this month, and you personally begin to press into the Lord, see what He has to say for your life, for our church, for our city. And one way you can do that is do the Proverbs challenge. That's uh, what proverb are we reading today? Three. Proverbs 3, because it's the third day of the month. 
and just go through those Proverbs, read it, see what the Lord's telling you, share it with somebody on Facebook, some text, but just kind of press in. And then we're going to have one week in this month, in the middle of the month, where we're going to press in corporately for one week really deep in prayer and in fasting. And we're going to have uh, prayer three times a day and maybe even a 24-hour prayer at the end of the week and, and cap it off with some worship. So it's a really a chance to press in and see what the Lord's saying. Amen. And also, it's the time for our new ministry guide. It'll be coming out in February, and we are gathering information right now. So if you would pick up an application in the foyer and fill it out and bring it to me in the Connect Room, or if you have any questions at all, I'll be glad to answer them because I know I see lots of leaders in this room, and I know that God's been tugging on a lot of people's hearts, and it's a new year, and it's time to just step into it. So um, come and see me after service if you have any questions at all. Amen. Because small groups, that's the place where discipleship occurs. That's the place where you build friendships. That's the place where you're really connected. And you need to be connected, especially in this hour. Right, Apostle C? More than ever. And so uh, check that out. And I also felt when we were worshiping the first service, uh, I felt the Lord speak something to my heart. First of all, uh, the Chinese always have, I don't know what the year is this year, the year of the dog or the cat or the rooster or something. But I believe the Lord's saying, this is the, for the church, this is the year of the servant. And think about that Amen. a little bit. Because when it's all done, we want to hear the words good and faithful servant. Yes, and you know, the world yes. kind of measures by how much you have and how much you attain. But the kingdom of God, and when God looks at us, it's going to be how much you gave. You know, how much of your time and your service. And that's what's going to measure uh, the well done, good and faithful service. So I want to encourage you in that. And one way to do that is our Connect class. It starts this Wednesday. A great way to find out about the church. Pastor John's always in there. In that first class, you can answer, ask questions and, and find out about the church. But also, more importantly, you're going to find out about you, how God wired you, your spiritual gifts test, your personality, kind of a profile to help you find a place to serve. So at the end of this year, you can just sense in your spirit, man, I've done something to help the kingdom of God grow and expand. Right. So I want to encourage you to get involved in the Connect class. Right. And I did want to say we have a semester. Our church goes by semester. So if you sign up to do a group, it's from February till the end of May. You're not signing up for three years. It's just right. one semester. Just so, a semester. Yeah, you could do that. And I think you'll love it so much you'll want to continue. Amen. So will you just ask the Lord and try not to... Oh, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And asking all these big questions. Just say, should I lead a group? And if you get the yes, then talk to us, and we'll help you kind of define that, or the Lord will show you that. Amen. We're continuing. There he is. All right, Pastor Travis. Amen. How's everybody doing today? Good? Man, y'all look good in 2015, but this year, you're looking really good. I believe that, okay? Here we go. Offering. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter number 3. You're going to look at a few verses, verses 5 and 6. This is actually, if you're doing the Proverbs challenge, you want to challenge everyone to do that. This was your reading today. And the ESV version says this, trust, say trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That's a great verse to stand on for this year. Amen trust in God. And real quick, I have three points and just kind of how this applies to trusting in our provision for this year. And here's our point number one, trust that God is your provider. This is a year to trust that God is your provider. Listen, if you have a good job right now and you have a lot of money in the bank, God is still your provider. If you don't have a job and you're struggling, God is still your provider. The word says that God's never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. God is going to take care of his people. You need to trust that. Here's the second point. Trust God when he asks you to give. 
This is a year to, to step out in faith and trust Him. When God asks you to do something, to give time, to give energy, to give money, to, to give your time to start a group, listen, God is going to take care of His part. We have to take care of our part. Our part is the obedience. God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to say yes to you. And God, you're going to take care of the rest. Amen? Listen, there's a lot of areas this year I believe God's going to call us to give something. Let's be obedient, whether it's, it's starting something, whether it's giving something to imagine more. Let's let this be a year that, God, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. And here's our third one. Trust that God can use you. Every single person in here, God can use you. Not just people that have a ministry badge or not just people that have the right pedigree or the last, right last name. God can use every single person in here. God has given every person in here gifts and talents and abilities, and they're for God. God wants those to be given back to him. This is a year that God's going to use you. This is a year that God's going to bless you. He's going to bless your family. This is a year that God's going to work through you to bless the community, to bless people at your, at your work, bless people in your family, and all those things. Listen, this is a year to trust the Lord. Amen? It's the first Sunday of 2016. Let's start the year off right. Let's trust him, and let's be givers this year. Amen? Amen. God bless you as you give. You give life. we 
some praise right now. Just begin to praise him. Begin to thank him. Tell him he's a good, good God. Come on, you tell him. Praise God. We praise you, Lord. You're worthy of our praise. We exalt you. Jesus, you are worthy. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Well, before you sit down, tell your neighbor you're in for something great today. Give him a fist bump, high five, hug, something, because we've got a special guest here, and you may have a seat. Most of you probably know this person, this ball of fire that we have up here. <laughs> this is Emmanuel Kenneth Tracy. This is Linnell's father. And they're down for a special weekend as their daughter Bethany has gotten married. And matter of fact, you mind if we call you Apostle C and Mrs. C there? Uh, and we say Apostle, not because he says, call me that. But we say Apostle because we recognize the gift on his life. And an apostle is somebody who raises up churches, pastors' churches. He was a father of this church and, and really kind of pushed him to buy this land and has poured into this church. But churches all over the world. And so we're just great to have him here. But I think he, this might be the first time maybe your daughter's ever disobeyed you, Linnell. I think you told her and John to stay home this weekend and, and rest, but she showed up anyhow, so she couldn't miss out. And uh, so anyhow, we're just going to give you the pulpit, and we're just looking forward because I've I know what you got, and it's good, so we're excited. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hey, there's a good feeling here. I think, I think you got a great worship team. I think they hit, they hit the target today, not even knowing what I was going to preach yesterday and today, the first service, all of the songs that they have sung, and we have sung with them, are part of my message. Uh, if I say this, do not judge me wrongly that I've been ministering for 68 years and I never have ever preached a sermon, not yet, that isn't in the song service or in the remarks the pastors make prior to my coming to the pulpit. I'm always listening for God to confirm the word in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Someone says, well, what if he don't? Then you're in trouble. Because <laughs> I'll preach everything God gave me and a lot he don't. <laughs> so the secret is having ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying and Seven times in the book of Revelations, that's repeated. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I, I, I just believe that God brought this crowd here today in this third service as well as this first and last night. But your, your, your ears are digged to hear the Word of God. Did, did you prepare 
uh, the 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 deal that I I want to scream out loud. Uh, if you didn't, I'm going to do it anyways. The Fellowship of the Unashamed. Did you prepare that? I didn't use it in the other two services, but uh, let me do it. Will you let me do it? This is my last day. I've come a long, long ways to be here. Oh, my Lord. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. And my future is secure. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice. Hesitate in the presence of adversity. Negotiate at the table of the enemy. Ponder in the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until heaven I must go until heaven returns. That, that, that is a typographical error, but that's okay. I will give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until he comes. And when he comes to get his own, he will have no problem recognizing you and me. Our colors will be clear. Hallelujah. The problem today is that we've got a devil in some people's minds that are too, he's too big, and a God that's too small. Did you notice all the songs that we sang today? Is about how big and unstoppable and omnipotent and powerful our God is. I want to hear a shout for people to believe God is bigger than the devil. Take that, devil, wherever you're hiding. Take that. You lose. And we win. As I started to say before you I'm going to preach a message, and when I preface this message with this, you'll understand uh, <laughs> what prayer is, okay? But let me just give you one of the NFL's best teams always kneels down in prayer with their coach before entering or going out to play. And a reporter once asked one of the team's all-pro defensive linemen about that ritual. Do you pray to win? Asked the reporter. No, said the player. Coach prays that we will do our best. What else do you pray for? Well, coach, he always prays that no one will get hurt in the game today. Then what? Then, said the player, I go out and try to kill the quarterback. <laughs> 
Now, that may be good football, but it's poor praying. It's nothing more than a decorative edge on what you already decided to do. I'm going to talk about real intercessory prayer. And the reason I have to do it, not just because it's Bible, not just because God, it's God's word, but I have to preach this message in every church I go to in 2016. I've got to preach it in every church, no matter what. Because we are at a point in time, a point in time, that we must understand the power of intercessory prayer. We must understand that. We must understand that we have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so I want to talk about intercessory prayer. And I, I want to open with a man that was fired. His name is Samuel, a prophet, in 1 Samuel 12, 23. The children of Israel desired to have a king like other nations, though God was their king. And God gave them a man called Samuel, who was a prophet, a priest, and more kingly than any king. And a very humble man, he heard from God, and God blessed his ministry, but somehow, some way, it, it happened. They wanted to let him go, and he was fired. Uh, I do not know how a preacher can be fired for being holy and righteous and hearing God and leading the people, and he did not except the fact that he was fired. The Bible says, and let's read it in 1 Samuel 12, 23. It said, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Did you... Did, you sometimes read something like that or hear somebody read it and you don't get it. If you don't pray for your pastor, if you don't pray for your leaders, you sin. If you don't pray for one another, you sin. Everybody say sin. I don't think you know what sin is. I don't think you know. If you think, well, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not an intercessor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to blast that lie to where it belongs, to hell. Every single born-again, spirit-baptized, blood-washed, blood-bought Christian is an intercessor by birth. It's born in you. It's in your genes. If you're a Christian, then you pray for somebody else besides yourself. And you say, what is an intercessor? Just that. Somebody who prays for somebody else, somebody who intercedes, makes intercession, or intervenes. And so now let's go to the verse in Isaiah 59. Look what the prophet said. He saw that there was no man, no woman, and was amazed. One, one translation said he was appalled. 
He was amazed that there was no one to intercede on behalf of truth and right. Therefore, his own right arm, own arm brought salvation. Now listen to me very carefully. Do not relegate intercession prayer to the old men and women in the church. I started praying intercessory prayers at four years of age. Didn't know the word intercession, couldn't, couldn't repeat it. But I had a burden to pray for people. And I wept and cried and didn't even know what it was all about. Praying, that comes with the package called born again. Huh? Jesus got a, a, a great while before dawn. Why would God have to pray? He got a, a great while before dawn and prayed. Uh, the Bible said he had all nights of prayer. God, co-equal with the Father, co-equal with God, prayed. He prayed for his people. He prayed for his disciples. The last thing he said before he went to heaven, he said, Father, all of those that you have given me, I've prayed for. I prayed that you would keep them. I prayed that you would help them. And he was praying for Peter when Peter was denying him. He was praying for Judas when Judas was betraying him. He was praying. So how important is it? Before I read you my third scripture, I'll tell you why I've got to preach this. I don't even know now what day it was. Maybe my oldest daughter who was here could tell you because it was that day I was asleep, in deep sleep. I always wake up about 4 o'clock every morning and get up and pray. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, I heard a voice in my ear. And, and often my wife does wake up at times and ask me something in my ear, you know. And because uh, we sleep pretty close together in the same bed. And, uh, yeah, you know that, you know. Holy men of God do that. And the, the voice said, just as loud and clear, and I almost felt the spit, you know, in my ear. Get up and pray. And I got angry. And I turned around to yell at my wife for waking me up because I never wake up. But at 2 o'clock, I always wake up at 4 or something. And so she knows that. And I always go downstairs so I don't bother her. And, and I thought she was challenging me. And, and I said, God, forgive me. It can't be the devil that said that in my ear. So it must be God. So I looked at the clock. It was 2 o'clock. Sharon, you didn't know this. But I went to the window, immediately pulled back the blinds so that I could see if your car was there. My daughter was staying with me that week, and uh, she was celebrating her birthday. I won't say what year. You know, that's a secret. But she was celebrating her birthday, and uh, she wanted to go out and party with her, a, a girlfriend of hers that, that uh, she grew up with. And she's an attorney, and my daughter's an attorney, and they, they've kept in contact. And I said, 
But it's it's gonna you know you you celebrated you you went to San Francisco and you took Shelly all around and you had a wonderful time. Now stay home and I'll put on a good movie, you know, Ten Commandments or something. <laughs> so, uh, end of the story. I looked and the car was not there. Two o'clock in the morning. First thing I did. God is my witness. Started praying for my daughter. Started praying for my daughter. And finally, I did wake up my wife and I said, Sharon's not here. Is she staying uh, somewhere overnight? She's not here. And Shirley said, why? Why do you know that? How do you? I said, her car's not there. So I prayed and I went through my prayer. And this church was involved, and Lonell was involved, and my 12 grandchildren were involved, and, and hundreds of pastors that, that we ministered to. And um, I was troubled in my spirit. Now, I don't want to tell stories. I want to preach. But let me just tell you, when I got up after my, my time of prayer, the next day I said, honey, she stayed out all night. And, and my wife said, no, she's there. In the other room, I said, Sharon Rose. And she came out and she had a smile on her face and she was very much alive. And I said, your car is gone. She said, Dad, I had an accident. I fell asleep at the wheel and totaled my car. This ear heard a voice said, get up and pray. Get up and pray. Little did we know that one after another, trials and tests took place. A baby died. A 23-year-old boy committed suicide. All part of our church. Bad things begin to happen. Demonic forces trying to come against our church because we're right in the real center now of having the biggest revival of prayer and intercession and, and discipleship and very much exactly like we're doing the, the cell groups where David just wrote a book on the inspired life and inspired living and everybody's going to take the class and we're going to go and he's going to preach a series of messages for the whole year on living the inspired life. So we're, we're knit together in the spirit, our two churches, and they just tell me, my daughter, I didn't know it, Pastor David's coming here. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to see another one of my spiritual sons. And five people died suddenly. Three of them were young people in their 20s. What I'm saying is be on guard. Be vigilant. Hear what I'm going to say now as we go to Exodus we turn to the book of Exodus, the 32nd chapter. The Lord said, in verse 9 to 14, The Lord said unto Moses, I've seen this people. and Behold, they are stiff-necked, stubborn, rebellious people. Now, therefore, let me alone, and do not interfere, so that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them. And I will make of you, your descendants, a great nation. I'm glad for this word, but 
Moses appeased and entreated the Lord his God and said, Lord, why does your anger burn against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent their God brought them out to kill them in the mountains and destroy them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your burning anger and change your mind about harming your people. Remember, Abraham, the covenant you made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The promise, your servants, to whom you swore an oath by yourself and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens, and all the land of which I have spoken I will give to their descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. Simply listen to this last sentence. So the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. I'm going to give you three lessons from an intercessor, but I just want to challenge you. <laughs> if God was to say to Pastor John O'Donnell, you got a church now packed and jammed and and and, 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 and it's just the beginning of the great growth process of what's going to happen. But I tell you what, let me wipe these people out because I'm going to give you a church of 50,000. What a challenge for Moses. I'm going to make you great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise up. I'm going to raise up a, your descendants and, and the people. And, and God saw in that man's heart that he wasn't a selfish, self-centered, egotistical, vengeful, want to get back at the people that scorned his God after all that he'd done. He pleaded with God. And he said to God, the Egyptians will think that you were powerless, unable, and they will mock you to scorn. Point number one. Get this now. It is so important that Moses had to have God tell him what was happening down the mountain. He went up there to fast and pray for 40 days and 40 nights for the people, and he didn't even know what was going on. They hadn't heard from Moses or God in 40 days, so they wanted a God and made a God, and I can't go into that. That's another sermon. And God said, you get down there and then revealed to him that he was going to destroy the people. See, Moses could not have prayed that kind of an intercessory prayer all by himself on his own, but he had to hear God say what he was going to do. Was God lying? Was it prophetic? Was it a test? What was it? But somehow God knew in the heart of Moses as he knew in the heart of Abraham when he said, take your only son and take the knife and 
kill him and sacrifice him. God knew in the heart of Abraham as in the heart of Moses that they knew that God was not interested in killing Isaac or killing his people. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus bled and died to save the whole world. I hear people say it. You said it, Mike. I've said it. Every preacher said it. If there was only one person in the world, Jesus would have died. Don't believe that. He's not just going to die for one person. He died to save the world. And whosoever believeth in him and calleth upon his name shall be saved. Come on, everybody, say amen. I know we get an ego about that, 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 you know, that we're so special. Sure, we're special. But what makes us special is God. <laughs> Not us. Our filthy, rotten, no good for nothing, stinking sins are not what makes us special. What makes us special is that God is love. There are three trillion stars, they tell me, and God named every single one of those stars by name, and none of them have the same name. And there are eight billion people on this planet Earth and other billions that are in eternity. And God knew their name. He knew their sex. He knew their DNA. He knew their purpose. He knew their plan. He knew who they would marry. He knew where they would work. He knew everything about them. And God loves you that much. And he's not out to get you. Hallelujah. You know, I got an amen corner. I'm going to go over here. You dead ones on this side. God knows your name. And God has a purpose for your life. And you never will be satisfied. You, I don't care how much money you make. I don't care how much success. I don't care how many trophies you win. I don't care if you win the Super Bowl or the World Series. I don't care, or NHL or whatever. You will not be happy until you are living in your purpose. He put you here for a purpose. And the church needs to start preaching about God's purpose. Everyone has a universal purpose and everyone has a personal purpose and God determined that before there ever was a world before the moon the stars the sun hear me there is a purpose for you and when God put together this church and I was in that little I don't know if it was a Methodist church and and, and you people some of you are still here good many of them are in heaven and and, and, and the, the Holy Spirit spoke about enlargement and expansion and, and what God was going to do. God had a plan for COTR. And what thrills me is you didn't settle down for just a building full. But now you're understanding there are more people that need to be saved and reached and discipled and more need to hear the good news. So you're reaching outside of this building and even expanding this building and enlarging your vision and capacity and more staff and more leaders and more volunteers and more men and women to live the inspired life by the thousands are coming to Texarkana to C-O-T-R. Come on, everybody. Shout hallelujah. First thing, during the concert, the Lord spoke to me. 
to make a pledge. Then he spoke to me again. He said, you got to give a bigger pledge. They need $3 million. And so I'm going to get involved in helping you build this building. But why we're building it is not to make John Linnell and the leaders and you and everybody proud and say, wow, wow, we're the biggest church. No, we're going to bring glory to God. That's the reason Moses interceded. He was, a, he was concerned with God's glory, God's reputation. Now, I try to live a holy life. But the reason I don't, I don't do certain sins, I don't allow for certain sins in my life, it's not just because I'm holy by God's grace. I don't want to throw God's love back in his face. I used to sing a song, it's your life. You can live it. It's your life. You can refuse it. It's your life. You can abuse it. But remember, it's God's love you're throwing away. You have a purpose. God didn't mean for you to walk in the gutter. God didn't mean for you to grovel. In sin, God didn't mean for you to be unholy and unrighteous. He died. He sent his son. He took your sin and punishment so that you could come into his family and there'll be a washing and a cleansing and a revitalizing and a restoration and a redemption and a process of sanctification that's going on, making us more like Jesus. Come on, everybody. You ought to give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's how special you are. So number one, Moses received the information from God. If God had not spoken, Moses would not have known what Israel had done. God's insight alone drove that, that man to prayer. The human view of things is often shallow. We need to wait on God to discern what he thinks and feels about particular situations. We must learn to listen to God before you buy the house, before you buy the, the business, before you, you move. You need to get God's will. Second thing, Moses was deeply concerned about God's reputation on earth. He could not tolerate the thought that the Egyptians might misjudge the faithfulness of God. Think of today's world because many of God's followers are unholy they're unholy. They don't see the holiness of the Lord because we attempt to live self-sufficient life. Our God is not known as the all-sufficient one. The Lord's name is polluted. And for the sake of our Lord's reputation, we must appeal to him to reveal to us our own failures and sins and then repent and turn, and he will give us freedom and release. The third and final thing I want to deal with is this lesson that Moses gave us. His plea was based upon God's promise to Abraham. In essence, he held God to his word. God loves it when his children hold him to his word. I, I, I put down remind him. As if God needs reminding, he wrote it. But he loves it, just like my girls. There's two of them on the front seat. My girls would say, Daddy, you promised. You know what that does to a daddy? He may be in a good mood. He made a statement. I'll get you that. I still, honey, do you remember what Linnell said when she was little and we promised her something and she couldn't say it? And I couldn't understand her. 
And Sharon, and do you remember, Sharon? You could interpret it. She, what did she want? When she said it, it sounded like she wanted a potty. I want a titty named Spotty. Potty. I do not know. I said, will you interpret this girl? Now she's a preacher. <laughs> oh, my God. And Sharon Rose said, Dad, she wants a swing set? How did that get there? <laughs> Moses said, Daddy, you promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You promised them, and you made a covenant. God said, wow, it's working. This man that's the meekest man, he believes that something said hundreds of years before was valid. Come on, everybody. Such is the way I pray, and you have prayed. My, my daughters, these two daughters, unbeknownst to me, sent out an appeal to people on the Facebook and on the, on, on the, the Internet. I don't know what they did to pray for my wife. My wife, just a few weeks ago, maybe four or five weeks ago, would take 10 minutes to get from the car to the restaurant or to the store. And she would walk like this. Honestly, this is as fast as she would walk. And then she almost stumbled, and she had, sometimes she had the, 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 what do you call that thing? The walker, and then sometimes she had, the, and she would stumble in pain and pain and pain. And I, I don't know if I said, girls, you got to pray. But anyways, they got it on themselves to set a time for prayer. And they, 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 they synchronized it, and that happened during the wedding, the John had in his pocket his, uh, his, his <laughs> whatever that prompter is, and it went off during the wedding. And I was so tempted to say, yay, this is God. Pick it up. <laughs> Did that happen, honey? Yeah. But he was faithful. That alarm would say it's time to pray. You prayed for your pastor, Linnell, and God healed her. You interceded, and she's cancer-free. Let me tell you something. These girls prayed for their mama, and their mama's in church today. Come here, honey. Walk around and show them in the name of Jesus that you're walking without a walker or a cane. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, put your hands up, everybody. Put your hands up and praise God. Give God glory. All right. I got to wind down. We go to my last verse, Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. And let me tell you before you read the scripture with me. There's a wall of protection around God's children. But persistent sin breaks down some of the wall and leaves a gap or a breach. Let's read it out loud, okay? Are you ready? I sought for a man or woman among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Can we say to God right now, you won't find none here. 
<laughs> you will find intercessors by the hundreds at COTR, by the millions all over America and billions all over the world that are standing in the gap. There is a wall. Let me illustrate this right now. Run up here, 25 or 30 people. Run up here quickly. I want to give an illustration. Run, run, run. Because you're, I got to be done or John will never have me back. Come on. Run, run, run. I don't care what age you are. You can be in kindergarten. I'm going to show you what Ezekiel's saying in Psalms 106. Verse 23 marks this verse as exactly what I'm illustrating, and God gave me this illustration. Lock arms. Lock arms. Lock arms. Lock arms. Get those shoulders touching each other. There's a big, bad, that wolf. You better watch out. You better not doubt. Send Satan Claus is coming to town. <laughs> There's a wall around the Miller family, a wall around COTR, a wall around every blood-washed, blood-bought Christian, a wall. It's a wall of intercession. That's why he said pray for one another. That's why he said encourage one another daily. That's why he said pray for the leaders. Paul begged for prayer. Jesus begged for prayer. If these great men in the Bible ask for prayer, how much more do we that don't think we're that great need prayer? Now here comes the devil, and he can't, he can't seem to find, oh, he's going to find, just, just, just a minute, this guy's going to kick me, right? <laughs> at, at the back. He's trying. Uh, you're a nice guy. Just obey me. Okay, then she won't. Please. Just. Okay, now you have to. Mandy is a preacher. Make a little gap here. Hold hands. You know, be real. Hold hands. Now, see, there is a gap. There is a breach. Watch what will happen when the devil comes in. Watch what will happen. You can break through in your house, in your family, but if. Now watch when they, don't kick me, but anyway. <laughs> Can't get through that gap. Intercession plugs the gap and the breach. Come on, come on, stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet, stand on your feet, stand on your feet. Let's, let, let, let's, let's make, make a wall around COTR and all the members right now. Get a hold of the hand of your neighbor. Get, get, if you can't even reach across the aisle. Satan is out to discourage, to destroy, to bring fear, to bring fear, to bring fear. The ISIS, the communists, oh, the Arabs, this, that, and the other. Don't let the devil have one inch, one little bit of a space or a breach. We are praying, God, give us the $3 million. We want to expand this church. God, put a wall around every family. Protect, protect, guide, and guard. Raboshak, everybody pray out loud. I'd love to hear this church pray out loud. Start praying right now. Start praying out loud, out loud, out loud. Out loud. Go ahead, pray. 
Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord. You are providing the funds, Lord. Build that prayer room. And the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows better what to pray for than we do. A wall around this church. ISIS is not coming here. The devil is not going to split our families up. He's not going to behead anybody here. In the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus over this church. The blood of Jesus. Now, God, for every unsaved son and daughter and granddaughter and grandson, every unsaved. Listen. Listen. God's going to give you the name of your children to pray for right now. I want you to out loud, out loud, out loud, mention their name if they're not saved or if they're backsidden, if they're out in the far country like the prodigal. Pray, 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 pray. God, bring them in. Bring them back. Save them in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, look at the person whose hand you're holding and start praying for them right now, saying, I'm going to be a prayer partner with you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to build a wall of prayer. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you when you pray. Will you pray for me? For I need his love and his care. Come on, pray. Lead out in prayer, Pastor Mike. Lead out in the best prayer you've ever prayed. Dear Father, we love you. We thank you for your word that says no weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against us will be shown to be in the wrong. Lord, we thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And we are the church. We have been bought with the price. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you are for us and not against us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for us. And we bind ourselves to your will. Lord, and we just thank you in the name of Jesus. We ask, we need your power to accomplish this. Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us with your power. Baptize us fresh in your spirit. Lord, we pray for our city. We intercede for our city. We declare Texarkana will bow its knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray even for this sign we've been praying for out here in the interstate and how the city council has stopped it and slowed it down. We pray for favor with the city council. We bless the city council. Lord, we pray this sign will go up. Lord, it will have messages about God's love. It will have messages about about how you want to love people and touch people. This we thank you, Lord. Coming up we bless you, Lord. In 2016, this election, God, have your way. Thy kingdom comes, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Come on, let's have a shout now, everybody. Let's Hallelujah. have a shout. Bless you, Lord. Let's have a shout unto God. We got to go. We got to go, Jesus, but I Hallelujah. feel like praying. Hey, Apostle C, do you want to say anything to those people that maybe don't know if they're going to heaven or not? That's right. I, I, I promise God, and I, I've got to obey. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for using Pastor Mike. Listen now. 30 seconds is going to be the moment in time for you. 30 seconds. Listen very carefully. If you do not know you're right with God, if you do not know if you was to die right now that you would go to heaven, I don't want you to, I'm not your father confessor. I don't want you to confess to me. I don't want you to tell me your life. I just want you to raise your hand 
and say, I don't feel I'm right with God. Pray for me, Apostle C. Put your hands up all over the building. If you put your hands up, I'll pray for you. Put your hands up. I'm not right with God. One, two, three. Let's put it up high. I'm backsitting. I used to know God. I used to serve God. I need God. All right, everybody raise your hands. We're going to pray a prayer. Come on. Put up your hands. Everybody's going to say this. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You died on the cross. You died on the cross. To save me from my sins. To save me from my and sins. And you said, if I confess you. That if I confess as you, Lord and Savior, as Lord and Savior, and believe in my heart, believe in my God heart, raised from the dead. God raised from the dead. I will be saved. I will be saved. You said I shall be saved. I shall be today, saved today. Today, I confess you. I confess you. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. I repent of my sins. I repent of my, sins. Repent of my unrighteous deeds. I repent of my unrighteous deeds. And now I receive you. I receive you as the boss. As the boss. As the center. As the savior of my life. Of, uh, Thank you for loving. Me. Thank you for loving me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Would you have a seat? Go ahead and have a seat. Got a couple things to say and we'll dismiss. First thing, if you said that prayer and when we're, we dismiss, I want you to meet me over at that cross and some other believers. We've got uh, a little packet we want to give you, tell you about a class. It's just uh, two steps. It's two fifty. 15, 30-minute classes to help you get on track and, and get started for the new year. But we want to take this time before we close. We're going to have some of our altar workers here if you want prayer for anything. But we want to bless the man of God. And uh, so if you want to help with any of the expenses and just bless the man of God and so into his life and all he does, then just we'll have a, a Bible up here. You can leave an offering. We'll have ushers at the back. You can just drop it in on the way out. You can just write COTR for Church on a Rock, and you can just put Apostle C. And well, that'll go toward him and the expenses and, and try to bless him as he goes. Amen? Good service, huh? Amen. And this is just the first weekend of the year. It's going to get better every week. And, I, and I, I want to remind you, spread the word. Next week, Pastor John's starting a series about waking up. Okay, because the church needs to wake up. We need to wake up individually for our nation, et cetera. But I think it's going to be a challenge and encourage message, so spread the word on that. But let's go ahead and stand our feet. Altar team, come forward. They're going to worship. And if you want prayer for anything, come up here. But if you raise your hand, take that next step and just meet me over there. And that way you're saying, devil, no more. And you're saying, Jesus, yes. And we'll give you some information to take with you. God bless you. Glory surround.
His glory surrounds us. His fire is falling as we sing. We sing, we sing. The Savior is for us. His love is victorious. Revival is rising in His name. The King is among us. God bless you. I hope you have a blessed new year. If you need prayer, the prayer team's going to remain around front. We'll be happy to pray with you for whatever, but God bless you and a happy new year.